Nadim, is there any special country you want to go to? <laughs> is the answer Wyoming? That's where, that's where I would like to go, yeah. Yeah, the country that's, of Wyoming. That's my special country. <laughs> that is a good line. Yeah. I is. almost forgot about it, actually. How do you? And then you brought it back nicely. Nice. Okay, Hi. Mita. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think we need to be honest with our audience yeah. and tell them. It is now midnight, <laughs> March 28th. Yep. Mita and I just finished watching the Oscars. Mm-hmm. We did. And we're doing this recording late at night, and even though we have both have early mornings. But, you know, we're dedicated. But we have not talked about the Oscars at all. So this is our first, con- like, very, very little. We talked about the red carpet. I feel we like that's the red separate. Carpet. Yeah. That's fair. But here. First I also of all, was Mita, texting your wife throughout the... <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That, that's yeah. not us, though. Mita, yeah. first of all, how's it going? I'm alive and well. Okay, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, I'm fine. Yes. Good, 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 good. Mita. Yeah. Thoughts. <laughs> wow. Okay. Let's put that thing to, to the end because that's how the show let's, went. Let's talk about the, the awards. The awards itself. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed this year's yeah, I did award too. show. I was pleasantly surprised by the hosts. Like, yeah. I don't feel like they were too involved, which was great because you don't need too much of them. Um, Wanda, it should have just been Wanda Sykes, which was my sentiment from the beginning. But, but you know what? Amy Schumer could have also done it on her own. Yeah, she was Amy really Schumer good. was hilarious. I don't understand Regina Hall. Regina being Hall. Her. <laughs> I don't understand that. But she yeah. was good too. And her bit in the be- like in the beginning where she was like people who haven't, you know, passed their covid test and she got all those men was it was cl- it, it was, was cute. cute. Yeah. I also feel like they might have wanted Tiffany Haddish at first. And then Tiffany Haddish had her DUI, and then they had to backtrack. Oh, I think that's maybe. what I think that's happened. Fair. Yeah, yeah, because Tiffany Haddish would be an amazing Oscar host. Yeah, I think. she would have been. Yeah, everything felt like I know they were trying to approach the youth, and they're trying to get the youth yeah. involved, but the it youths. didn't feel pressured. Like it still felt pretty fresh and like new. Yeah. But the show itself, like, I was actually really impressed by visually. It was really nice. I liked that they still included the tables that they had last year. Mm -hmm. Um, I like seeing celebrities at tables. Why do you think they did that? Because they didn't do it for the whole auditorium, and I couldn't put my finger on it. I think it makes it... They put uh, nominees in tables. Main act, like... Main nominees, uh, yes. For actor, actress, supporting actress, supporting actress. Which makes sense because it takes time for people to get out of their seat and then to make their way up to the stage. And so um, I think it was like strategic in that way. But I think it also makes it nicer for them too of like not being in this stuffy seat and like kind of confined in that one area and like they can loosen up a little bit and like relax, which Mm -hmm. I think was nice. Um, So I liked that aspect of it. And oh, the In Memoriam... I liked that. I liked it. My my thing, though, one, okay, did I miss, did they not do Jean-Marc Vallée? No, they did. Okay, so I missed it. But then I missed it because I found having a live choir that was so um, interactive, yeah. distracting. Like, yeah. I really loved the music, and I think it was, like, a really nice approach, but they were just a little too interactive for me because yeah. I was focusing more on them than the actual In Memoriam. Yeah, and I but it did uh, appreciate the approach. Like yeah. I did appreciate that like they were trying to take in memoriam from being so like sentimental 
mm-hmm. and like having it be a bit more life affirming. Yeah, that's which true. Which was really nice. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that. I did find the hosts were great. The jokes really landed. Although even though I liked Regina Hall's thing, that's a little rapey and you couldn't do that with men and women. So if the it's genders true. are switched, let me yeah. just point that out. And even if all those men most likely consented behind the scenes, like they obviously had some conversation, you could never do that with men and women. So I don't know why women can do that with men, but whatever. Mm -hmm. I did think, I couldn't understand, I didn't like, sorry, the the pre-announcement of some major awards. Yeah. I didn't like that, especially because you still went over somehow. Yes, you finished way late. Way later than you should have for cutting, like, You've done this length of show and ha- shown all the awards. Mm-hmm. And I just think that, like, you know, the Hans Zimmer has worked a career. And when he wins an Oscar, it, it deserves the pomp and circumstance of, like, even Will if he's Smith not there. Winning. Yeah, even if yeah. he's not there. So I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. I felt like they cut those things, but then it didn't even, like, it didn't add it didn't value add to anything. the show. Yeah. yeah. The awards themselves. Okay, are we going to get into it? All expected. Most, yes. All expected. All all expected, really. Nothing surprising You're right. Yes. The thing that is bugging me the most right now is all the technical awards went to Dune. Dune. All of them. Every single person that won a technical award for Dune, the first or one of the first people they think was Denis Villeneuve. And he wasn't nominated. Nominated. Like, I just don't understand. What does he have to do? (laughs) <laughs> I know. Yeah. I do think, though, that, like, I've read somewhere that people are thinking that Denis will probably get... For Dune a, 2. For Dune 2 or Dune yeah. 3 or whatever the end of this, this his version of this will be. Mm-hmm. It'll be like a Lord of the Rings kind of situation. Okay. But this one is so good. <laughs> like, Yeah, it is. It's so it. good. Yeah. And there was a moment where I was just like, is Dune going to win Best Picture? No, I never thought that was going to happen. Only because it was doing so well. And there's like weird stats about like when something wins Best Editor, there's like a strong statistic about it winning Best Picture. Yeah. There's like weird stats like that. And so when Dune won Best Editor, I was just like, oh. Oh. Could this Kelsey actually please, happen? Yeah. Kelsey please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It did not happen. Because, yeah. Coda won Best Coda Picture. Won Best Picture. <laughs> Which I... Because I was having this conversation with my family earlier today, and my family are not, like, movie people and don't quite know why there's, like, some hubbub about why Coda would win over The Power of the Dog. Mm -hmm. And I was leaning more towards, like, The Power of of the Dog is just more of a sophisticated film. But when I narrow it down, I think about the other films that were made and, like, even the directors. And Jane Campion won Best Director, and mm-hmm. the director of CODA wasn't even nominated. So there's that. Yeah. The, all the other films that were nominated, what is achieved in The Power of the Dog isn't achieved in them in a lot of ways. Like, the message gets lost. It's not yeah. as impactful. And I just... I I don't... I'm trying to have the, the, find the words to, like, actually explain... Why, like, why are the more... And I, I love that Coda represents, like, a different demographic yeah, that we exactly. haven't seen before. I love the story. I think it's really great. It's nothing against them. It's just, like, why do the, the cheesy movies I know. win the yeah. best picture? And I think what I have trouble with is the split between director and picture has always 
rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Because you're saying this person made the best film, film but, but they didn't, they didn't make the best, the best film. film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so bizarre. And like, it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. But you're you're kind of saying that like, this was the best, you know, they did the best job directing this, but the movie itself was not great. Yeah. It's so strange. And like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, why? Why would the two not correlate with one another? Yeah. And I yeah. think my issue with Coda is, you messaged me after it happened to be like Crash, Green Book, and Coda. I don't think Coda is at that level. It's of not as bad as those two are. Yeah, I think but Coda I'm... is more just like I. I think it'll go down in history as like a weak win. Mm-hmm. And I think history would have been kinder to it if it hadn't won. I ooh, I don't know if it would have the same appeal. Impact. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think people, because I think now what's going to happen. Well, first of all, congratulations to Apple TV, because that's like pretty. The first You're the first streaming win, yeah. service to have a best picture, yeah. which is pretty remarkable. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's still some work you should do with your streaming service, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that that's really amazing. But I don't think people would have searched. I think it's going to have a really big impact on people watching this movie now because yeah. it's won. Um, I think if it had just been nominated and didn't win, I don't know if that yeah. impact would still be there. And, and I fair. think what's going to happen is there's going to be this like siege of, I was this person, so that's why I feel free to say it, but the siege of like young movie fans who watch this like when they're younger and in high school and they're going to think that this actually is a really great yeah. film yeah. because that won Best, Picture. Best Picture. Like I was so misguided as a youth <laughs> because yeah. I just thought like, oh, it won it a won bunch Best of Picture, awards. So it must, it be, must be great. Yeah. yeah. Best Picture of this year was Power of the Dog. Yeah. It was. Pardon. I concur. Um, happy for Jessica Chastain. Happy for Jessica Chastain because she is a talented actress who deserves an Oscar. Yes. But Christian, I haven't seen Tammy Faye. So I will, I will profess this statement. Mm-hmm. I do think Kristen Stewart deserved it. I also, I have seen both. Yes, exactly. And I would give it to Kristen Stewart. And that's mm-hmm. a lot coming from me because I don't love Kay's do. Yeah. But I get it. She didn't play the game, and you do have to play the game. And Jessica Chastain has been running this campaign. It, I feel like it went into full throttle after the SAGs. Yeah, when she won SAG, she was just she like, was oh, like, there's oh, a chance. Here. I have yeah. a chance. I have to, like, pull yeah. out all the guns here. And, like, good for her. Honestly, yeah. she is a very talented actress. She should have won for Zero Dark Thirty. And so I'm not, like, angered by it. I was more mm-hmm. like, oh, I wish Kristen had won because, like, that was a performance. Yeah. It, But it was also the better performance in a weak film. Film. I mean, Tammy Faye's not a strong film either. That's fair. Yeah. But I think, but I, I will probably watch Tammy Faye this week. I feel like uh, Spencer is a weak film that is wildly misunderstood. Mm. Like, I don't think people connect with it. No. But also, I think people are tired of Diana, too. Yeah. Like, I was by the time I watched yeah. it. I was like, okay, like... I understand she went through a lot. <laughs> like I, I get yeah. it now, and I maybe don't need to see this this added piece. What is this bringing to the story, yeah. so to speak? Where I think there's a whole group of people who like don't know who Tammy Faye yeah, is. Yeah, people don't know who Tammy Faye is. And but also, Tammy Faye's story has been so muddled over the last like 20 years or so, and she's yeah. known to be this crazy woman. And there's a lot of compassion and a lot of um, depth in her story that is conveyed in the movie. Yeah, so I think Jessica Chastain. Yes, through her performance. So I think, and she was a real champion for getting this movie made too, because yeah. I think she's a producer on it as well. She is, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, she really wanted to tell a story and she did and she won an Oscar and I'm happy for her. And I, I really liked her dress. I liked it. 
I, I will say when, once I saw it on stage, like I yeah. didn't like it on the red carpet, but once I saw it on stage, I was just like, oh, this is nice. I will also like to say Jessica Chastain strikes me as a nice person. Right. Just she like... strikes me as someone who's like genuinely sweet and ge- like sincere. She mm. doesn't seem jaded. She doesn't seem like, I feel like if you saw her at a restaurant and were like, oh, I'm a big fan, she'd like strike up a conversation with oh, you. Oh, really? What's your favorite oh, really? movie? What's your favorite yeah. movie? Oh, thank you so much. What are you doing here? Like, she, I feel yeah. like she would... I, I She'd just, be I, nice about it. She seems really like sincerely nice. And she also just, just seems nice like an actor, an actor's actor. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like she's a champion for everyone. I loved yeah. what she said about Andrew Garfield. That was so nice. That was so nice. Yeah. Yes. And they they give off the same vibe to me that they both just like love what they do and yeah. want to do it and just want to do good. Yeah. That's it. And so again, I wanted Case Do to win, but Jessica Chastain winning is nice. It's not like when Sandra Bullock won for that terrible film. The Blind Side. The Blind Side. Which, ugh, she could have gotten it for Gravity, let's be real. She really should have gotten it They just want to hold yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Mita, mm. I think it's time to talk about the thing. Oh, what well. What the hell happened? In West Philadelphia. Yeah. Born and raised. Born and raised. <laughs> what the hell happened? What? Ha- so, I... I was watching it. Yes. And I, I thought too. it was a bit... <laughs> At I first, was, I thought it was a bit. And but, then I saw Lupita Nyong'o's face behind Will Smith. And yeah. I was just like, oh, this is not. I saw the mouthing real. and you could see in his eyes. Yeah. Something the was rage. wrong there. And then yeah. I found the, an uncensored I video found the, of it yeah, after. I and you can too. hear it in his voice. Yeah. How he was like Enraged serious is, about yeah. it. Like yelled yeah. it. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, I know he's going to win. Can they take away the Oscar yeah, from him? I was thinking, I'm like, how are they going to deal with this? Like, what is the plan here? Because that, like, he, he slapped him. He assaulted someone. Yeah. It's an act of violence. And then to use your acceptance speech to try to, like, cover that up. Oh, my God. And if you look on the internet, it is backfiring hard. I was cringing the entire time and I was like this is what this is what I don't like about Will Smith and part of me is just like I feel like now everyone will finally understand what I'm saying because for years I have been saying I don't like Will Smith and I was like how can you not love Will Smith? Fresh Prince, he's so fun, he's so yeah. cool. No, this is who Will Smith this is. is. Who, yeah. I'll, he is I, calculated. I, one of the best comments I read, someone was just like thanks Chris Rock for reminding the world why they hate Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith and I was just like yeah. Absolutely, pretty much. Yeah. I was just, I was flabbergasted by it. I'm really curious to see what the fallout is going to be this week. Like, what's going to happen from that? Because it's going to be interesting. It's going to be super interesting. Because some things are going to come into play, I bet you. I don't think Chris Rock is going to file charges. Oh my God, no. The Academy is going to have to do something. Mm hmm. And I he's going to have to make like an actual because he here's the thing. He's trying to cover it up in his acceptance speech. At no point did he say, I'm sorry, Chris Rock. He had. He and said, I, this is what I've been saying. He had the most public of platforms to make a very public apology. And he did not. He said, I'm sorry to the Academy. Academy and the nominees. But not yeah. to Chris Rock. No. And OK, so before the award show had started, when we, they, we were watching red carpet stuff, I had said to you that I felt like Jada Pinkett and Will Smith don't abide by principles that they've set that they're yeah. really loose goose about them yeah. they'll say one thing and then do something entirely different and a couple of years ago if you don't remember will smith was you know in talks for being nominated for concussion which yeah. if you watch that movie it's a bad movie it's a bad movie and it's an okay performance yeah. his accent goes in and out it's not his strongest like he's done better before and so i was always in the camp of like 
I'm okay if he doesn't get nominated. I don't think that's really a race thing. I think it's just like it wasn't that great a performance. And he wasn't nominated. And Jada Pinkett Smith made a huge hubbub about it, saying she was going to boycott the Oscars because of this. And that, you know, the Oscars are notoriously known for um, excluding people of color and for whitewashing. And I just feel like if you make sentiments like that, shouldn't you stand by them and now your husband does get this opportunity and you're going to go and play the part and you're going to do all the press for the Oscars. Like if anything, be a Kristen Stewart and just like ignore it all and just humbly yeah. accept it. But don't go out and do all these interviews and like campaign for this award, yeah. which you said years ago you would boycott. Yeah. Like I just don't, I don't feel like they live by their statements and I don't love, love that about them. And so I just think this is going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. She's totally going to do an episode on her red, little show. Red table talk. Yeah. It's going to be and a thing. honestly, I'm, like, I don't think Chris Rock was that out of line. Oh, my God. It was not. It was, a, it wasn't a hilarious joke, but it no. wasn't offensive either. Well, she has come out recently speaking about how she, like, suffers from hair loss. So um, that's what people are saying. But I don't but I know if don't it was don't think necessary. that that was that offensive. Yeah. I think I Chris think Rock it, has said worse things. Chris Rock... <laughs> Chris Rock went around calling George Bush retarded. Yeah. Chris Rock has said worse things. He has said much worse things. Yeah. And that you didn't need to slap him. On, In, uh, at yeah. the Academy Awards. Yeah. Oh, you, and your wife mentioned something. Like, Chris Rock made the joke. They did a cut to Will and Jada. And apparently Will was laughing. Laughing. He was laughing, Mita. And then all of a sudden it just turned. He was laughing. He laughed at the joke. Yeah. And then you see Will Smith get on stage. Like, then it she must have said something. Out. She must have said something. Yeah. Of like, one of I my friends like is that. like, she, I think she's manipulative. Oh, and I can yeah. totally see that. I could totally see, like, also just, she was not happy. And so he felt the need to, like, do something. But, like, yeah. y'all should have read the room. Mm-hmm. But I literally was sitting there. I was like, oh, my God. Are they going to, like, change the ballots, like, at the last minute? No. Like, what are they going to do? I don't think they can because the voting is already done. But... Yeah. Is he going to be invited back next year to present Best Actress? Mm, well, we'll see how this goes. We'll see how this goes and we'll see what happens. And what are they going to say now? Because they have to make some kind of comment. He mm-hmm. assaulted someone on their, like, at their event. Mm-hmm. They let him stay through the event, collect his award. Also, Amy Schumer's joke going back in, though, was, like, was solid. That was really good. I was like, good job, Amy. Good job, Amy. I We're like you this in this, right. in this yeah. moment. I like she you. She didn't right make now. a single vagina joke. I know. I'm so happy. I was worried. I was actually really impressed. She was really funny. And like she her, was, the secondary her monologue costume? that she did, her, so good. Yeah. No, she had some really good ones. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Will Smith, man, you have just, I will say that the Academy is probably just like, thanks for making us relevant again. Yeah, honestly. Ew. Scary stuff. But you can watch an uncensored version of it because um, it was not censored in Australia. Australia. And so some people have posted it on Twitter. I wonder how quickly that's going to get taken down. Oh, I hope it never does. No, I know. <laughs> All in all, I would say definitely better than last year's weird awards. And yes. I will, with the caveat that last year's weird awards were in the middle of a pandemic and no exactly. one's fault. Mm-hmm. But not but not as good as the Parasite year, only because Parasite winning was lovely. It just was such, so happy. It was a glow. It felt really happy. I yeah. will also, the other thing I will say is the audience here felt like they were so into it. Yeah. Like people they were, were cheering like really, the movie. Yeah, they mm-hmm. were really into And that that was really nice to see. It felt like... You know, everyone when there. When they was all really... stood up for um, 
for Woody Harrelson and for Wesley Snipes and Rosie Perez. I was like, oh, people love White Man Can Jump. Yeah. It it felt very nice. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, we'll find out. We'll be talking about this for the next few weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. But Mitha, I think it's time to... Transition. (laughs) Wasn't that brilliant? That was great, Mitha. That was our transition from our Oscar talk. Yes. To our... To our movie talk. To our movie talk. This is so weird, Mitha. Is Oscar talk not just movie talk, though? That's the same thing. It's, but it's very our, specific our, movie. Our, okay, yes. Our episode. Our episode. Yes. Because now we're reviewing a movie versus talking about the Oscars. Oscars. Yeah. yeah. Can you believe it won? <laughs> can, you, can you believe that thing that happened? <laughs> we're speaking from the fu- from the past, so we don't know what the it's future so strange, is. so strange, yeah. But I think I have a good idea of what the future is. I think I do, too. Yeah. But, I mean, we've already talked about it, so we should probably move on. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So, just so our listeners know, yes. Mitha and I are recording this episode for the first time in a hundred episodes face to face. In person. In person. We have seen each other. Yeah. Like, we see each other when we normally record. We have FaceTime up yeah. and then we'll, like, actually, we, well, actually, we have Google Meet up. We should give props to Google, Google Meet, Meets, yeah. Because it's much more cooperative than FaceTime Absolutely. is. Absolutely. But yeah, we'll see each other. But this is, like, so different. You're physically here. It's so weird. I don't know if I like it. <laughs> because you don't ever talk directly to someone yeah do you know what i mean like we're just like talking face to face and like like, it's also like it feels like kind of scripted but we actually don't have like a script at all no we don't have an app yeah no which is all like flying off the what do you do you fly off the wheels fly off the handles fly off the hinges sure (laughs) i don't know there's a phrase and i don't know it oh no i don't know what but which uh, we're talking about we're we're improvising (laughs) and this is so weird. It's so weird. So, yeah. again, for our listeners, Mitha and I are actually recording in my home, in my home theater. Yes. So, we don't know how this sounds. And we're going to try to figure it out as we go along. I know we're 100 episodes in and you guys are used like, to listening. Are you still figuring out the sound? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. Yeah. 100 episodes it's in. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It is hard. So... It might be good. It might not be. We might continue to do this regularly. We might not. So just bear with us. The furnace is very close by, and I hope it doesn't, like, fire up. But we'll see. Yeah. We've tested this. It kind of works. We're going to try to tinker with it. Just have some patience with us. I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be fine, too. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. But, Mita, we watched a movie. We did! Yes, and we watched your final pick for season two. My last pick. Oh, go on. We remember all the movies we watched together. It was very nice. Yeah. It was very nice. Thank you for letting me take the lead on that one. So what did we watch for the final time? (laughs) We watched Dog Day Afternoon. We did. That's so exciting. Yeah. So let me give us a quick IMDb disco. Yes. And we'll go from there. Okay. So Dog Day Afternoon is about three amateur bank robbers plan to hold up a bank. A nice simple robbery. Walk in, take the money, and run. Unfortunately, the supposedly uncomplicated heist suddenly becomes a bizarre nightmare as everything that could go wrong does. Dog Day Afternoon should also be called Murphy's Law. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, nowhere in there that does it say this is based on a true story. Right? I feel like that should That's... be the first thing you say. Yeah, like based yeah. on a true based story. On this, yeah. I mean, the, well, the movie does that. but Yeah, the movie yeah. does that, but the a description should as well. The description. The description. We'll write a letter to IMDb. Yeah. Well, I mean, IMDb needs to fix a lot of their discros, but so <laughs> yeah, we'll let that Yeah, this go. might be like bottom of the list. Yeah, it's not as terrible. No. 
But talk to me about the reasons why you picked it and why it's at the end of the list. Okay. So, like, the theme for this year, for, for this season for mm-hmm. me, has been it is impossible to find a movie that Nadim <laughs> hasn't watched. And Dog Day Afternoon, I think, is highly regarded in the cinema world yeah. and is a film I was actually really shocked that you had never seen mm-hmm. it before. Especially because I think you have this, like, love for 1970s movies. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I really do. You dig them. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of my favorite movies are from the 70s specifically. It's a weird time frame. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was just really shocked that you had never seen it. And I watched it for the first time like last year. So that was like my... mm -hmm, I hadn't watched this a bunch before. Mm -hmm. But that was really my driving force. But also, it is a true crime. Yeah. And I love... You do. A true true crime. crime. And so I felt like it fit it made sense mm-hmm. and so a lot of my movies this season have been very um eclectic very eclectic uh, yes and not things you would think to watch nope. or would want to watch mm-hmm. maybe but i thought for my last one i should pick something that's like regarded as being classic yeah yeah and so i picked it okay and i did it you did and we watched it we did did you watch it i did are you sure because uh-huh. you weren't done yesterday <laughs> i might have finished it today okay that's fair <laughs> but I'll i did finish it. it i will allow mm-hmm but yeah, that's yeah, Dog Afternoon. Okay. I, I'm really curious to hear what you say. What? Okay. That doesn't make sense, does it? Hear what you say? Yeah. Yeah, hear what you say. I don't know. The, okay, being in the person being is weird. It's, it's weird. Really it's changing the off. dynamics completely. Yeah. But this is my thoughts, Mita. Yeah. I feel like uh-huh. you knew this was going to be your best movie and you saved it for last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because uh-huh. this is without a doubt the best movie you picked. Really? Yeah, without a doubt. Wow. Wait, I'm sorry. I picked a Cinderella story. (laughs) And heavyweights. And heavyweights. And you're saying this is the best? This is the best. Wow. This is the best. I I maybe did that on purpose. Yeah, I I started watching, because even last week, as I was recording the conversation or as with editing it I like there's a part where I mentioned like why did you pick this Mm -hmm. and even like as I started it I was just like why this and then I got into it and I'm like oh I see where this is going and you see where it's going very quickly yes exactly and I feel like some of my choices I really I stand by them and I like yeah yeah, absolutely but I do think I maybe have disappointed you in a way With some of the things I chose. And so I did want something that I felt like you would actually enjoy. I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. I don't think you disappointed me. You picked movies that you felt... Like, this was not about what I wanted to watch necessarily. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You picked movies that were important to you. Like, even a Cinderella story, for instance, has a purpose. It has a narrative. There's a function to it. So yeah. I didn't love it. No, neither did you. But that doesn't matter. Okay. So I don't. I wouldn't say that. I would say about this though that I was surprised I hadn't seen this. Yeah. I also did think this was a movie about politics. Oh, interesting. And I think just. Are you mistaking it for Wag the Dog? No, I've seen Wag the Dog, oh, but okay. <laughs> that might be a part of it because Dustin Hoffman is in. Oh, sorry, Al Pacino is in both. Is Al Pacino in Wag the Dog? It's Dustin it's Hoffman. Dustin in Hoffman. That. Yeah. Okay. Al Rivals. Pacino. Rivals. There we go. Yeah. But who look very similar. <laughs> Tell them that. <laughs> they will murder you. I know. Both of them are very angry people. <laughs> yeah, Al Pacino especially. He's an angry man. No, Dustin Hoffman. Is more angry than Al Pacino? Yeah. Have you not seen the I Heart Huckabees video? Oh, yeah, I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of angry people in I Heart Huckabees. 
But I was really surprised I hadn't seen this. But yeah, I did think it was more of a movie about politics for some reason, and that's why it didn't. But as I was watching it, certain things did start to click in. Mm -hmm. But like, it was kind of like as it it was like it happened, and I was just like, yes, I heard this. Do you know what I mean? I know of I know of this, but it was in a way that I still got to experience the movie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, for instance, in that way. No, for instance, when you find out about Leon. Oh, you're not expecting Leon at all. Mm-hmm. And then Leon shows up and you're like, whoa, what's going on here? But I remember hearing about this being an LGBTQ movie. Oh, Do you know what I okay, mean? Yeah. So like I was surprised and then it was just like, wait, you did know this though. That's interesting to hear because the reason why I watched it was I listened to a lot of like true crime podcasts yep. and there's one in particular, it's called True Crime Obsessed mm-hmm. and they review like true crime documentaries and okay. stuff. And so I guess a documentary came out a couple years ago about the true story that this is based on. Okay. So it looks at the, like, the Al Pacino character, and he kind of talks about it. So I knew what the story was. I mm-hmm. knew about the robbery, and I knew um, that they had made this movie Dog Day Afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I also had watched a Drunk History episode, oh, in which okay. they talk about okay, okay. the crime that Coming occurred. Coming full circle. Yes. Um, and so I did know the story going into it, but I... So I wasn't surprised when I saw Leon because I knew what was coming. So I had a different effect. But it's interesting, though, because I still really did enjoy it. Because I feel like listening to the true crime story and, like, understanding Mm -hmm. that, but watching this movie are two completely separate things. This movie isn't about telling you the truth. It's more about telling you a story, which I really appreciate about it. I think what I was really disarmed about more than anything was that first act is actually very funny mm-hmm. very very funny yeah and like you do not expect it at all like you think this is going to be a little bit more like heat in terms okay. of like a like a bank robbery kind of movie or like, like the beginning of the dark knight yeah, yeah. <laughs> which i love but you really do expect like a real serious like bank robbery movie yeah and not this like bumbling kind of like idea that it ends up being and bumbling not in like an intentional way. No, yeah. It's so naturally it's so done. Natural, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, like you would mess up in you, this absolutely, way. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And like the responses from like the teller, the female teller, especially the I think her name is Sylvia, the lead female teller. Yes. She's got some like crazy deadpan delivery mm-hmm. on some things where, where she's just like, Well, we can't do that. Yeah. There's like a gun to her head and yeah. she's like, it's 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 disarming. And that is, I think the word I would use to describe it, because it's two hours, and it doesn't feel like two hours at all. No. Did you read up a bit about, like, how they made it and what No, I didn't. I didn't okay. get time to go do all of that, but I am interested to hear. So, from what I remember and mm-hmm. what I know, I didn't do too much research either. Mm-hmm. I've, I've not been busy. I've been lazy. <laughs> um, but, so, Sidney Lumet directed yeah. this, and Sidney Lumet is, like, he very much disregarded, like, improvisation and wasn't really into it before. Um, and so he's very much about doing, like, rehearsals for movies. And mm-hmm. so he made sure that, like, every single cast member was involved in a rehearsal. So every single person knew where they were. And then once they were actually filming, he let them improvise quite a bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he felt like it actually worked with it because with the extras that he hired for, like, the people who work in the bank or, yeah. like, outsiders outside of, like, the core characters, yeah. um, he said to them, like, 
don't think of it as you are playing this real life person. Yeah. Think of it as you in this role. And yeah. so then they were just like bringing all the stuff to the floor. Like even my favorite line, the Wyoming line, mm-hmm. that was improvised by John Cazell. And like there's so much of this movie that just like came naturally from all of these performers. Yeah. And a lot of his casting, he casted people specifically who worked in theater. Yes, they would I be did able, read that. Yeah, yeah. So they would be able to like actually jump in and like work with it. Yeah. And you can tell because their chemistry is really good. Mm -hmm. And there's a level of believability to it. It doesn't feel like towards the end, you start to wonder, like, is this Stockholm Syndrome-y? Yeah. Because they all kind of get along. They're kind of like joking and laughing while they're like hostages. And you're like, would that happen? But somehow they they make it believable. Yeah. Because you don't think Sonny is actually a bad person. No, because he has... Decent intentions. Well, I mean, you find out the intentions after, <laughs> yeah. but even in the beginning, he's not a he's not a dick to anybody. No, he doesn't like hit anyone with his yeah. gun. He doesn't shoot at no. anyone. No, and I think what disarms you is his bumblingness. Mm-hmm. Like he's not prepared when they're like, "Well, there's only sixteen hundred dollars in here." Like it's kind of like... <laughs> or when he sets the um. The thing on yeah, fire. On fire. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And they're like, "You shouldn't have done that." <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> now everyone knows there's a fire in yeah. here. Yeah. So there's definitely like. There's things about it that really help align yourself with this character. Mm-hmm. And, like, we've talked a lot about antiheroes and how rooting for someone who's doing something fundamentally bad kind of makes you fundamentally really bad. bad. Yeah, yeah, like, it's it's a dangerous area. And this, I think, toes the line where it's not. It's not. It's not like The Godfather. No. It's not like the movies of its time yeah. where, like, you kind of are idolizing yeah. and worshipping these, like, bad people. Yeah. In this, you're not meant to idolize them. You're no. meant to understand that, like, no, they are bad. And, yeah. like, this is the dumb shit that happens to them. Yeah. Yeah. But also kind of feel bad. You do feel bad for him. Yeah. Like, you feel like he's stuck in a rock in a hard place. You kind of get... There's an empathy there. There's an empathy yeah. there. And I do think that the movie doesn't also try to make it so anti-establishment. Mm-hmm. It just slightly it just is, happens, it just happens. Well, the whole the Attica, Attica, the Attica that was improvised oh really yeah that was Dustin because oh. that Al Pacino <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry I'm so sorry Al Pacino coming for you <laughs> I love you Al Pacino I love Insomnia it's really <laughs> Insomnia great. is good I think yeah. it's super underrated yeah um, but no Al Pacino uh, improvised that because the uh, do you know about the Attica riots yeah yeah, yeah. Did. the Attica riots had just happened, yeah. and he like thought that that would be really good in there. And it totally works. It, it becomes does. the line of the movie. Yeah. No. Attica! <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it later. I did have a question, though. Oh, okay. Because as I was watching, the Leon thing really took me for a ride, because uh-huh. I was not expecting that angle at all. Mm-hmm. But hmm. it is confusing. Yeah. It still is confusing to <laughs> okay. me, too. Do they clarify it in any of, like, any of the, like, supplemental material you've What had? are you confused by? <laughs> what was their relationship? <laughs> so, he fell in love. I From what I... So, he was married to this woman, He was married Angela. to this woman, and they had children. Okay. He fell, falls in love with Leon. But Where? I think he meets Leon when Leon, at, at the time, I guess, would be considered drag. But Leon is transsexual. So... Leon was dressed as a woman at the time, mm-hmm. and I think then learned later on that Leon was a man, yeah. but fell in love with the person and yeah. not the sex. 
And so he, you know, wanted this relationship with Leon and wanted to be with them. And Leon really wanted the surgery done. And so he needed to find a way to get the money for Leon to have their surgery. But what were they? Like, were they? They they were married? They were married. So was he? They are no, well, Leon has since passed. Um, I think he has passed too now. Yeah, because he was in jail for 20 years. But while he was in jail, Leon broke up with him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Leon got a surgery and then, and then broke up with him. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Also, twenty seven hundred for a sex change. It's really like. Well, so <laughs> actually, what happened wound up happening is because they wanted to buy his rights to make this movie. Yeah. That's the money he used for Leon's surgery. Oh really? Yeah. He didn't get that much for it. I think it was something like seventy five hundred dollars or something like that, oh. and then one percent of whatever the earnings were of the film, and that went money, to. Leon? That money went to Leon to get their surgery. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Which is all, like, very interesting and cool. But, again, one, one the big hiccup was I was kind of like, okay, but not that. I think when you're watching the f- retrospectively, it's easy to be, like, you know, being pansexual versus asexual versus bisexual. We know all of that now. Mm-hmm. In the 1970s. 70s, people were probably so... Confused. Well, they probably just you said he's gay, and then use that as the term. Yeah, that's but what they I'm don't thinking. even say gay. No, they say homosexual like once or twice, yeah. and they allude to it. Mm-hmm. But Leon and Sunny never have a physical interaction with each other. No. They have that one conversation over the phone. Well, you couldn't do that in nineteen. 19- like this movie wouldn't be. I don't think this movie would be regarded in the same way if they had that in nineteen seventy five. I think there would have been a lot of backlash if there was like an if interaction between two men. Yeah. Wow. Do you think that's my thought? Al Pacino would have done it. Yeah, I think Al Pacino would have done it. Really? I well, think he did cruising as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think Pacino's ballsy and he will do what he needs to do. For it's, a role. Because you know, another thing that crossed my mind is all of these: Al Pacino, Dustin Hoffman, Robert De Niro. De Niro Jack would Nicholson. never go gay. Yeah, there's a. Se- <laughs> I always get a sense that I'm like, you guys seem slightly homophobic. Yeah. But Al Pacino did do cruising. Yes, I I actually don't think Dustin Hoffman would have an issue with it either. But I think De Niro would. De Niro would do it. I I don't know. I think Nicholson might have, like, you know. Really? Experimented in his day. In the 60s? I don't know if he would do it for a movie. I do believe he would do it in real life. Yeah, Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I can, yeah. I feel like Robert De Niro is a staunch heterosexual, though. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's an interesting thing to think about. It's interesting, what? but it, it still it comes back to, I still don't know if I fully buy into their relationship. That he fell in love with him? Yeah. Oh, he did. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. But They like, were in love, Nadim. But I I think I was trying to watch this from the perspective. Look, I really liked it, especially now, because I had no idea that was going to come. Yeah. It felt like a real twist. It gets muddled. To the yeah. point where I had to go back and watch it You're again. You were like, wait, like, who wait, is this man? Did I miss something? Like, also, what is going on? this man played by Chris Sarandon, yeah. the original Mrs. Mr. Susan Sarandon. Oh, I didn't know that. It's her second husband, technically, but she got Sarandon from him. Oh, ah, I didn't know that. That's that's news. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Like, and it was. It's a great plot point. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think it's an excellent turn, and I buy it though because I think I live in 2022. Yeah, I think it's that's the easier thing. to consume now. Yeah. I do, can't imagine watching it in the 70s and what. And I understand more than even consuming it, understanding it. Yeah. 
Like, I don't think having I that empathetic, empathetic piece. piece. I be- think people probably would have just laughed that part off. They it's wouldn't a have big played. part of it, Mita. It's kind of the crux of it. We need to find somebody who watched it back then <laughs> and who still appreciated it. I don't think he had. I'll ask him when I go home. <laughs> because that's a big part of it. Yeah. Like, you don't, and even the most radical of movies from the 70s, you don't, they don't talk about homosexuality. No. Like, homosexuality in cinema, I think, really only makes an appearance in what, like, the 90s? The 90s? I'm trying to think if there's anything 80s. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think 80s. Oh, see. Well, again, cruising. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he would have a problem. No. Yeah. But cruising was not regarded very well. No. Like, it was... was, It's a really bad LGBTQ. Yeah. It is a very interesting movie, though. (laughs) Have you seen it? No. Oh, I've seen it. But I just know that it has bad, bad reps. It has bad reps, and I see where those bad reps come from. Yeah. Do you have it? Is it in the It's not here, no, me? unfortunately. It's I rented not? it Aww. once. I do have some weird movies, but yeah. not Cruising. There you go. And Cruising is weird for a lot of reasons, not because it's... Not because of the reasons you, yeah. you would assume that we think it is. That's not right. No. Get your mind out <laughs> of the gutters. No. Yeah. But I did really, really like this. I think that was just one thing that... It's the only thing that I think took me out of the movie. Yeah. And I think the reason why it's so confusing is because I don't think the people making the movie at the time understood it either. I sorry. I think the people making it at the time didn't understand it either. I don't think Sydney. I don't Lumet think was in- Sydney Lumet quite understood. I don't think the writer of this did it quite understood, and so I think that's why it's not so clear. And I don't blame them for not understanding because it wasn't something that was understood. So in retrospect, when they talk about it, do they say he's bisexual? Do they say he's like how how is he identified? I actually, it's so strange because I did watch a couple of things after. Like, that went into how they made the movie. But they don't bring that up at all. They talk a lot about the improvisation and doing rehearsals and, like, Sidney Lumet's process Mm -hmm. and what the feeling was like on the set. But nobody brings that up. It's interesting (laughs) because even when you look at the IMDb, like, you look at the the theme, common, like, genres or whatever, like, on Wikipedia, no one talks about the LGBTQ. It's not, like, listed as a a subgenre. It's not... Well, it doesn't do a good job of representing that. It just kind of... Yeah, I guess. It doesn't explain it, you know? I think the explanation is kind of needed in, at that time. So if we were to do this now, how would we do it? There would be no explanation. You and I would be able to consume it and understand it because that's how we are supposed to work now as a society. It's a lot of pressure. I Well, I think it's pressure that's fair, though. Like, But this is... <laughs> the, but even his relationship... With Leon, that he's married and has two kids. Because I actually thought what was going on was, if you think back to the first time you meet Sonny's wife and the Uh kids, they don't actually mention Sonny. They keep on saying him, him, him. I thought it was Sal's wife. Like, I thought it was a fake out. That Sonny was just gay, and this was his wife. And then, like, because then when you realize... Oh, he's still married to this woman and has two kids. Kids. So, like, what is he doing? What is he doing? And what is just messing around? And he fell in love with somebody who happened to be a man. But I think I also was taking him back. I don't mean to harp on this. It was just the thing. (laughs) I think I I want to rewatch the drunk history episode because they actually do explain it it a little. Yeah, I'm. I, did you watch the other Drunk History episodes no, I, I mentioned? I have not. On the, if you learned anything from this season of our podcast, <laughs> I love Drunk History. Yeah, and me think it's most of her education. I get my news from Drunk History, guys. <laughs> I think the thing is, is that when I'm watching it and I'm consuming it as if this is a movie from the 70s, mm-hmm. the whole time I'm like, how did this happen? I'm so, I'm like, 
I'm so... What's going on What's here? going on? And how did you consume this as a person in the 70s? Because the movie doesn't make a big deal of it either. That's the other thing. But I love that about I, it. I love it watching it now. Yeah. And that's the thing. When I watch it now, it's totally consumable. I actually understand he's probably just bisexual. These are the things his wife, for some reason, accepts it. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it all. But if I was sitting there in 1970 watching this, I think I'd be confused. Yeah, that's fair. But I... But then I think the movie would have gotten a bad rap. This like was people being con- confused? Confused by it, mm. but this was nominated for Best Picture. I think it's not... Because, it, again, like, they don't have a kissing scene. You don't see any romanticism mm. with this. I think that's why it was more palpable for people. Because they just sort of like, oh, he's gay. Like, that's it. Because what is, do you think, the first reference of gay people in film? Oh, God. Am I the historian now? (laughs) Like, I'm supposed... Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that is. But I think maybe... There's a lot of... Well, just like how they presented it on the news. They were saying he's gay. Yeah. I don't think people understood. And they weren't saying that he wanted a surgery on the news, were they? Yes, they did. They did say it. So I think people back then just assumed gay men wanted to be women. I think that's what that's fair. That's what the consensus was back then, and so I think they just realized, oh, he's gay, but this guy wants to be a woman. There's, (laughs) I remember watching this one documentary about like the history of homosexuality in film, and they Mm -hmm. talk about movies like Rebecca, for instance, yeah, having like undertones and like Spartacus, and there's a few of them, but. I don't remember what is the first reference. Of like a gay relationship? Of, yeah. Gay. Can I Google it? I think you might need to. I might need to. Stand okay. by, listeners. We're going to Google <laughs> this because I, I'm really first curious. gay relationship on film was in ni- 1895. Get, okay. <laughs> when two men were shown dancing together in the William Kennedy Dixon motion, motion picture, the Dixon Experimental Sound Film. Okay, that's not Com- what I meant. <laughs> Well, hold on. There's a Wikipedia page titled History of Homosexuality in American Film. Uh, First erotic kiss between two members of the same sex in a film was in Cecil B. DeMille's Manslaughter in 1922. Wow, that is old. Yeah. Marlene Dietrich was the first leading lady to kiss another female on screen in 1930s Morocco. That's late, like earlier than I thought it would be. Way earlier. I was thinking than I like maybe 60s. I was thinking maybe 60s. Part of me was just like, is this the first reference? But clearly no, not. It's yeah. clearly it happened 50 years before Man, this. Man, maybe we're just more uptight than we thought. <laughs> but I mean, isn't that reference point just coming from what we know? Like that's yeah. what we're not we we personally don't think that. We just think that that's, that's what, it, what was. it was. Yeah. Because like nobody talks about it. Yeah. Although, like, I do think there was a shift somewhere along the lines of, like, I think people in that, those timelines, like, in the 20s and the 30s, were a lot more open and were exhibitionists. And then I think by the 40s and 50s, all of that was kind of shut down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the 20s and 30s, you have, like, prohibition and you have people, like, wanting to, you know, have orgies and things like that. And then by the 40s and 50s, it was like, no, we're all prim and proper and, like, we don't. I mean, the wars came and they changed, yeah. changed, yeah, people's perspectives and their lives. Yeah. Understandably. The days of our lives. The days of our lives. Yeah. I just find that very fascinating Mm -hmm. because it's the thing that I was really kind of like, it's a twist. And I had to go back and watch it again because I I was just like, wait, 
I'm so glad I saved this one for last. Yeah, I'm really glad too yeah. because it really feel it really feels warranted. Like I feel like <laughs> in my pickings, I think I started off stronger than I'm ending, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with it. I'm happy with my last pick. Okay, but still, I feel like you you ended this on a very strong note. From heavyweights to dog day afternoon. <laughs> so wait, I so I did contemplate quite a bit if I should do heavyweights last or dog day afternoon last. How are you feeling with my my decision? I think I, you could have gone either way. Okay, I do, and only because mm-hmm. heavyweights has, has such the a history. Yeah, to it, it yeah. has the literal weight to it. Uh-huh. I think you could have gone either way. Okay. I don't think you could have done like Cinderella story last. No, I that was never my plan or yeah. my intention. Yeah. So I got it done with in the beginning. <laughs> it was such a pivotal moment in your film. You told around. me I had to pick one Hillary Duff movie. No, I didn't. You did. Did I? Yeah, you were like, there needs to be one Hillary Duff movie. Because you talked so much about her. Because Hillary Duff was a big deal. Oh, God. <laughs> she still is. So can you tell me, <laughs> before we get our ratings and everything in, what movies did you not pick that you contemplated? Oh, my gosh. I don't... Oh, I think I deleted that whole list. Did I? Maybe I saw it on my phone. Let me let me see. Pick it up. Actually, I can just look it up in my notes. Everything is connected these days. Everything's connected. There are so many notes in my podcast folder. Do 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 do. Do you know yours? You can talk about. Oh well, you haven't done your last I one done yet. Last. And I did talk about Vera Drake and four months, three weeks, two days. But I'll talk about others. Um. Okay. Oh, so I have a whole list here of things. Yeah. yeah. Things I wanted to include for our episode, but then I didn't know if you had... I knew that you had seen some of these, so that's why I didn't do them. But I wanted to include uh, Memento, because I love Memento. Yeah. I wanted to include Spy Kids, because oh, that okay. was like very big for me. I never saw Spy Kids. No! <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll remember that for another time. For season six? Yeah. (laughs) Season 100. Yeah, Spy Kids was a big part of my childhood. So I wanted to do that. I wanted to do Blair Witch Project because I had never seen it. But then I was like, oh, our rules are like. But we could have done it last season. Yeah. When you were picking your own movies. But I. But I had choices then. So. Fine. Yeah. And then. Oh, I really wanted to do a Sofia Coppola movie, so I was going to either do Virgin Suicides, or I thought it would be interesting to rewatch Somewhere. I've never seen Somewhere. You've never seen Somewhere? No. Oh, I could have done Somewhere. No. Okay. And then I also had Shattered Glass on the list. Have you seen Shattered Glass? Which one is that? That's about Stephen Glass. He was a reporter who oh, was like... no. Nope. Okay. Um, I had Now and Then on the list. Nope. I had Hocus Pocus, but I decided not to do that to Why you. Why not? I think that's actually something you should watch with your daughter. Okay. Like. Eventually. Yeah. And yeah. see it through her eyes. Okay. Yeah. Not now. Maybe in like four years. Okay. Yeah. Remind She'll me. She'll be like eight. Yeah. Okay. I had Scoop on the list, yeah. but we talked yeah, about yeah. why I took that out. Um, I had Disturbia. Have you watched Disturbia? I've watched Disturbia. Okay. So then there. Oh, I had Long Shot on the list. I might make you watch Longshot. Wait, the Charlie's Theron one? No. Longshot is a oh, documentary. Oh, yes, the documentary. Yeah. I was going to watch that and you told me not to. Because I thought I was going to have it on yeah. the list. But then I didn't. Oh. So you can go watch it now. 
It has Larry David in Isn't it. Isn't it like a 40-minute documentary? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's the perfect length. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is it about? So, should I spoil it? No, don't. Okay. I'll, I'll watch, watch it. Watch it. So, yeah. Watch it. And then the rest of them I checked off because we did them. Oh. Yeah. Some interesting notable ones on there. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about this list. Yeah. And now I'm so mad that we didn't do Spy Kids. Spy Kids is a big one. That's the Spy Kids music. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, those were my movies that we didn't do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sequel, prequel ideas? I would... So, um, Dr- Drunk History talks about the real life story of this. Mm-hmm. But they also focus on... What came about afterwards and how this movie got made. I would love to see a, a making movie. of? Yes. Okay. Just like how they're doing with The Godfather right now. Yeah. I would love to see something of like how it can, how the studio got the rights to the story, how much um, Sunny got paid in real life, how that money went towards Leon. Leon's actual surgery. Um, and how that all played out, I think. It would, because one thing that Drunk History talks about yeah. is that um, our two main characters, John Cazell's character and Al Pacino's character, were upset. Oh, by the way, John Cazell's character in real life was like 19. Oh. Yeah. He was uh, not like a 30-year-old yeah, man. Yeah. So Fair. keep that in mind. Yeah. But those two characters were obsessed with The Godfather. Oh. Was, like in love with The Godfather. Yep. And... The, and then a movie is made about their lives, yeah. and you have Fredo and Michael yeah. playing the two of <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. Um, I would just like really like to see that. I think a lot of movies have better making of stories than they are movies themselves. Yeah. I think some, make it, because making a movie is it's it's exciting and it's hard. And I think sometimes, like, I, I've told you some of the stories about my movie that is not made, but yeah. it's in development. And, like, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Okay. But I, I wonder if it would ever get made because the movie isn't as... Like, The Godfather is The Godfather. That's yeah. why that movie is being made. But, like... But this is recognized yeah. as a classic Yeah, film. it is a classic. Yeah. It's definitely a classic. Pacino, I think he should have an Oscar for this. I think he should have an Oscar <laughs> yeah. for this, too. And this is probably Sidney Lumet's best. Yeah. That includes Network. Whoa! Nadim, you love Network. I do like Network. Wow. I think I like this more than Network. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Okay. Should I go into my rating? I think you do. Okay. Dog Day Afternoon. Yes. I've seen it. This is my third viewing because okay. I watched it for the first time last year, maybe the year before that. Yeah. And then shortly after, I was like, I'll watch it again. Why not? <laughs> I'll put yeah. it on. I think I took a nap and then like sure, I needed yeah. something on in the background. But such a, it's strange because we've talked a lot about the season of like, we watch these movies that are sort of like notorious for being men's movies. Yeah. This is also like a man's movie in a lot of ways, but it has so much lightness to mm-hmm. it. There's like an airy feeling yeah. when you're watching it. It's not so sullen and dark and like deep. And it's about bad people, but you feel bad for them and you don't admire them. And that's what I love about this. Like yeah. I don't walk away thinking like, oh man, these are like the greatest characters yeah. ever and they're real people. Like I know they're stupid idiots. Yeah. <laughs> like they tried to get away with robbing a bank mm-hmm. 
And I love that we're actually shown all the bad things that happen when you do try to rob, rob a bank. bank. Um, the other part of this that I love so much, though, is how natural it is. Yeah. At no point do I feel like this actually, like, I feel like I'm actually watching what's happening play out. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's scripted. It doesn't feel like a movie. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like a documentary either. It just feels real. And yeah. like that I'm on the same ride with them. I'm glad that I, I picked it for the last mm-hmm. one because I think it was a good way to end this season on my part. Um, and so I'm going to leave myself with four out of five. Okay. Yeah. Solid rating. There we go. Your turn. My turn. So yeah, I'm, I was really impressed with this and mm-hmm. I was impressed early on. It wasn't like a movie I had to settle into either. Like I started watching it. And pretty much as soon as they, like, start the robbery and things already start to go wrong, and the guy's like, Sonny, I can't do this. I gotta leave. And they're having that conversation, like, while they're doing it. I was just like, it feels different. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It instantly feels like, I hate to use the word, but, like, special. Mm -hmm. Like, you instantly are like, okay, this is this is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, sets it up right away because it's... It takes such confidence, I think, in a filmmaker to be... To get away with something like that. Yeah. And to not, and to have it feel so natural and still have it feel perilous and funny at the same time. It's such a, it is a real like balancing act and it's so seamless. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And like a lot of things that happen in this movie are actually like unsaid. Like the crowds that gather and the fact that some of them are hailing Sunny and they're like, very responsive to him until he says he's a homosexual and then they find out he's a homosexual Mm -hmm. and then people switch on him. Like there's very many things about how society was at that time that are just kind of like peppered in. Yeah. About how it's not shoved down. It's nothing. Nothing is shoved down your throat in this movie. Nothing is shoved down your throat at all in this movie. Not the tone, not, not Sonny's like misgivings, his hardships, essentially, you're essentially just meant to absorb what's going on. And that, that back to back conversation he has with Leon and his wife, mm-hmm. you really feel bad for this guy. You, yeah. you, I don't think many movies kind of capture what it must be like to be bisexual and be in that kind of complicated relationship. And you kind of instantly are like, Oh, like, you really do understand it. You get what he's doing. There's almost a nobility suddenly to what he's doing. It's really, really, really well done. It's also not surprising, though, that it's done by someone like Sidney Lumet. Like, it's very clear that this was made by a skilled director, mm-hmm. not just someone who happened to make a good movie. Yeah. It's very clear. If you if I watched this and you were like, oh, yeah, Sidney Lumet directed it, I would have been like, oh, of course. This makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. And even my, like, hiccups about the whole homosexual plotline are only because I'm curious how they got away with it at the time and how people absorbed it. Because in retrospect, 50 years later when I'm watching it, I get it because we live in that that time where this is a lot more common. But in the 70s, this was probably unheard of. So I'm just curious, like, how did this movie get away with this? And how how is it not a bigger thing I think that's the other thing. Right? Like, why aren't people still talking about Dog Day Afternoon? Yeah. Why are we celebrating the 50th anniversary of, of the, the Godfather? Godfather? And, like, in a few years, are we going to celebrate the 50th anniversary of this? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, are we going to celebrate the 50th in two years when it's the 50th of the conversation? Are we going to celebrate it? No. Do you know what I mean? The one thing I'm going to disagree with you about, this does not feel like a man's movie. Oh. It doesn't feel hyper-masculine to me. It doesn't feel... Oh, in a way it does. In a way it does. <laughs> yeah. But 
in the best way possible. Yes, that's yeah. That's I think what I meant that's what it was. Is yeah. that like this does capture? I think the I think, I think a man's biggest. I think inner turmoil is probably when he is bisexual mm-hmm. in many ways because society doesn't accept it the same way they would accept a f- woman who's bisexual. And this movie captures that inner turmoil. Yeah. I think that complication and that turmoil in the way that no other movie really does. And it isn't about violence. It isn't about money. It isn't about machismo. It's not about so many things. Yeah. That suddenly it feels like this one man's complicated story. It's a men's movie in that you look at who's starring in it. You think that this is going to be it. But it's also about a man's perspective through something that I think wasn't done in the ones that we regard as like being so... So great. Yeah. And it covers, I think, a lot of those things that are important to men. Yeah. But it does it in such a way that is so relatable. I don't think this has... It's also not, like, racially specific. Mm -hmm. It's not, like, time specific. It's really, really timeless. And that, I think, is just so rare. Yeah. I was really impressed, Misa. I'm really, really glad you picked this. I'm so glad. So I'm also (laughs) giving this four stars. Yay! Okay. (laughs) Four stars. I'm adding it into yeah. the lineup. Oh my gosh, we have one movie left. One movie left, Rita. Oh my god, this is so. Okay, this is episode one hundred. It is. Isn't that crazy? It's so crazy. We watched a hundred movies together. Yeah. No, well, wow. we watched ninety nine because we did the Davidas. Oh right. But as of next week, yeah. When we watch my last pick, it will be a hundred. No, but we have watched a hundred movies together because we did have a practice run. Right, the town. Yes. <laughs> did we ever talk about the town with our audience? Like that we watched it. Yeah. I think we've explained before. Okay, that that, that we, was the like, first one we tried it with. We tried it out to see if we could actually do this. So we really owe this podcast to Blake Lively, like completely. <laughs> I guess so. Because she was the reason we started. Yeah. yeah. Did we not talk to about... Oh, I'm trying to remember when we also did Crash, though. Because we also watched Crash, but we didn't record that conversation. We just had it over text message. Yeah. Because yeah. I watched Crash during the pandemic. And I think and we then I was just to like, watch it yeah. on the same night. Yeah. Yes. Because I was just like, I'm going to watch it because it's been so many years and I'm kind of curious to see if I still hate this movie. Yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think I got, you decided that you would do it too. But then I think we also then, but we were talking, is Blake Oh, wait. I think Crash, when we had the conversation, we were like, this would make a good podcast. No, because we had a te- group text you. Me, oh, and, right. Yeah. And, and we were saying, well, we need to do something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she was the one. No, it was me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't worry. I remember these things. <laughs> I don't know if our audience really wants to hear us reminisce. I was the one who said, oh, if only we could just get paid to watch movies all day. Yeah. And we're still not getting paid, but we're still doing it. Yeah. There you go. But yes, Mitha, it's time to play for the last time this season. Different characters. Same world. That worked better in person, person absolutely. than it does with me. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that really lined up. There we it go. It was really great. Okay, you're okay, me. Oh my gosh. I'm not going to get it, am I? It's a Bollywood movie. Oh, but no. Okay. I'm not going to get it, but okay. I have three characters, uh-huh. and you have seen all these movies. Okay, but I still probably won't get it, but okay. <laughs> I have to psych myself down. Okay. Okay. Nakul Goshik. Okay. 
Ghazala Mir. Okay. And Radha. I don't remember any of these names. And your timer starts now. Say them again. (laughs) Nakul Koshik. Nakul Koshik. Ghazala Mir. Okay. And Radha. 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 (laughs) My babysitter's name growing up was... Was Radha? Yeah, Radha Ben. I always like Radha as a name. Yeah. One of these you should get. One of these. One of these... You won't. I don't remember it's... people's names in Bollywood movies, though. Ah, Unless it's like Rahul or Raj. <laughs> oh my God. I remember the 90s ones. The 90s? I remember like a Raj Malhotra, oh, no, no problem. But like these names, I'm not going to remember. <laughs> 40 seconds, Smita. One of these, you'll be like, oh. Is it the Nikol Koshik no. one? No. Oh, is it Radha? No. Ghazal oh, Amir. No, I'm not going to know oh, that. Oh, that's disappointing. Because <laughs> I think you'll be disappointed that you didn't know that one. Okay. Got six seconds. Do you just want to... Four, three, <laughs> two, two, one. Okay, one, one minute. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Nakul Koshik yeah. is Ayushman Khurana. Okay, no. In Badaiho. <laughs> I've never seen Badaiho. Yes, you did. When did I see Badaiho? Remember I told you to watch it about the older couple who gets pregnant. Oh, that's what that was called? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot the name of it. Great. I did really like that movie. That was good. Okay. Radha uh-huh. is Radha Apte okay. in Ratha Ke Okay, that I've seen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and Ghazala Mir uh-huh. is Tabu uh-huh. and Heather. Heather. Okay. You probably don't know. I don't know what the movie okay. is. We are watching <laughs> Andhadhun. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 2018. Uh-huh. Movie. <laughs> movie. That that took a pause. I'm a little yeah. concerned. Can you spell it for me and yes. the listeners, please? Absolutely. Yeah. You spell it. A-N-D. A-N-D. H-A. H-A. D-H. D-H. U-N. U-N. Andha Dhun, which translates roughly to a blind tune. Oh. And you're just going to watch it. And experience it. Am I looking it up on IMDb? You are not looking anything up, but oh, you're watching okay. it on Netflix. There's a yellow poster. That's all I yep. can see. I'm watching it on Netflix. You Thank are. goodness. How the, long is this? Two hours and 15 minutes. Not insane. <sighs> I've given you movies that are like an hour and 10 minutes, an hour and a I half. Know. I, know. I, on <laughs> the other hand, gave you Gangs of West Hip Sorry. But yes. Uh-huh. Okay. I just yeah. watched this. Also, your dad might enjoy this. Your dad also might have seen it. Probably. Because yeah, it was pretty know. popular when it came out. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah. Where was I in 2018? Like in terms of me telling you to watch it? Yeah. No, we didn't really talk. We didn't really talk. <laughs> Nadim never answered any of my text messages no. ever. I was not great. I'm still not great, actually. Mita's just one of the few people who gets me to respond right away. <laughs> there you go. It's true. Because I threatened him so many times. Yeah, <laughs> well, Mita... That was your last movie? I was. No, I no. might cry don't now. Don't cry. Please don't cry. <laughs> do you have any parting words for us? I do. Okay. Attica! Attica! <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard not it's to so hard, yeah. laugh. <laughs> it's so uh, good, too, you did it though. Well. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you hopefully next week face-to-face having 
figured out the kinks in our recording. Yeah. For Antadun, our last episode of season two. Whoa, baby. Whoa, baby. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number Two Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.